The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. Good morning, guys. If you don't know me, my name is Shane. I have the privilege of being one of the elders here at LCC Northlakes, and I have the even greater privilege of preaching this morning as we open God's Word. And if you've been with us for the last few weeks, we have been looking at what it means to be a disciple and how we can make, mature, and multiply these things that we call disciples, so these things that we think the Bible calls disciples. And uh, if you have been with us, we kind of narrowed it down to we think a disciple is these three things, someone who knows Jesus, someone who trusts Jesus, and someone who follows Jesus. And in that knowing, trusting, and following, that kind of cycle that we're going to continue into the day that we die, that kind of encompasses all the other aspects of what it is to be in relationship with Jesus. And so we looked a few weeks ago at what it is to know God, to know Him personally and know His Word. And then last week we looked at what it is to follow Jesus, be obedient and surrender to Him. And so this week we're going to look at what it means to trust Jesus. Like what does it mean to trust Jesus? And I personally believe that this trust in Christ, this trust in Jesus, sets ablaze the rest of our relationship, the rest of our knowing and following And so if you have been with us, we have been camping out. Our kind of key text has been Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It's going to come up on the screen, and we're just going to read it together like we have every week. Uh, But before we do this, I just want to remind us that this is God's Word. He is who He says He is. He has done what He says He has done, and He will do what He says He will do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's read this all together as a church. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so as we kind of look at this text, we can see the kind of three elements of knowing, trusting, and following Jesus. And we kind of see that Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And then he kind of instructs us to go therefore and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so there's these persons that we, uh, we need to grow in our knowledge of. Who, who, who's me? Who's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And then it says teaching. It's this idea of we are being taught these things. We have to learn. And that's kind of the aspect of knowing Jesus. And then we look at it's not just teaching for the sake of teaching, it's teaching them that they might observe all that I've commanded. And this is the kind of aspect of following that we spoke about last week. And then we get at the end this promise that that I'm going to be with you always to the end of the age. And this is the promise that is calling us to trust Jesus, to come into relationships where we trust that He is with us always. And so this is what we're going to look at this morning. What does it mean to trust Jesus? What does it look like to trust Jesus? How do we, how do, we do that with our lives? And I remember uh, a few years ago, I went on a snowboarding trip with a few, few boys. A couple of them were from this church. And we went to New Zealand, and part of our trip was we wanted to do some kind of adventurous, crazy stuff. So we decided, let's go skydiving. Let's go bungee jumping. Sounds great. At the time, my biggest fear was heights. And so I thought, great, I'm just going to get in a plane, fly up 15,000 feet, and jump out of a perfectly good working plane, and that should solve the problem, right? And so we, we get in this plane. I don't know if you know anything about skydiving, but unless you're an expert at it, you can't just do it yourself. You can't just get up there and jump out of the plane. Like If, if I did that, I would definitely die. And so they, what they do is they, they give you this random person, they strap this random person to your back, and you're just told just to trust this person, right? Like this person is meant to know how to pull the parachute, how to pull the cords to turn, how to land, how to not drop you from 15,000 feet. And it's just kind of like, you're just meant to trust them. And I think that's the craziest thing in the world. I haven't known this person for more than 30 seconds, and they're like, here, Shane, here's your guy, trust him. 
And I think what's even crazier than that is I had to pay to do so. And so I'm up in this, this plane and we jump out and I'm like, cool, like, you've got it. You have to have it because or else we're both going down. And so he pulls the parachute and we land perfectly fine. And so I think something about this story, we're called to trust. I was had to trust this person with my life. And the same is true for us every single day. We are called to trust things, to trust people. So like we're here this morning, we all trusted the chairs are going to hold us, right? Like no one even thought about it, we just trusted they were going to hold us all. We try to make decisions of trust every day. We put our trust in people, in things, in organizations, in systems, in governments, every single day. But I want to say that the greatest thing we can do in our life is place our trust in Jesus. Is place our trust in the work and the person of Christ. And so I want to look at what does that mean for us? Like how do we place our trust in Jesus? The trust just means it's belief in the reliability, the truth, and the power of someone or something. So like trust is just having confidence in the reliability, the truth, and the power of that someone or something. And so we're called to place our trust in Jesus. And as we grow in disciples, we grow in our ability to do that. And so I'm going to say, I think there is two ways that we trust in Jesus. We trust in Jesus for life, and we trust in Jesus with life. So we trust in Jesus for life, and we trust in Jesus with our life. And so this first idea of trusting in Jesus for life is this idea that we are unable to save ourselves. And we therefore need a Savior. So we're going to place our trust and confidence in Jesus as the only way, as the only able means of salvation. He is the only one who can take us from what the Bible says we're in death into life. And so trusting Jesus is coming to the realization that we are not good enough within ourselves. We cannot do good enough. We cannot work our way to salvation, that we are in desperate need of a Savior. And so we place our trust in Jesus for life means we are placing our trust in the person and work of Christ, placing our trust in Jesus as God and fully man, fully God and fully man, and in what he has done to come to this earth, to live the life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserve to live, and then rose from the grave. And now because of that, he offers salvation, he offers life to all who would believe. And so Jesus is the only way to forgiveness and freedom and salvation and redemption. And so trusting Jesus for life is placing our trust in him and accepting that free gift. And so we're all called to trust in Jesus for life. He is that only way that we can be saved. He is the only path to God. And so we're all called to trust in Jesus for life. Isaiah said, God is indeed my salvation. I will trust and I won't be afraid. Romans 10.13 says, Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who trusts in the name of the Lord will be saved. And so church, we need to place our trust in Jesus for life. And the good news is he offers that freely to us. And so not only do we need to place our trust in Jesus for life, we need to place our trust in Jesus with our life. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. It's this idea that trusting in Jesus with our life is trusting that we are unable to live the lives that we need to live. Trusting in Jesus with our life is trusting that His promises are true, He is able to keep His promises, and His commandments are good and lead to life. And so trusting God with our life is acknowledging that we can't do this in our own way, that we need God's way, and so we don't lean on our own understanding, but we trust that God's promises are true, that He is going to keep everything He's promised. He is faithful to His promises, and also that His commandments are good and they lead to life. 
He's not this tyrannical God who sits up there and just demands for us to do things. But all the commandments in the Bible lead us to joy and satisfaction as they lead us to Jesus. And Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. And so trusting Jesus with our life is trusting that the gospel isn't just good news for salvation. The gospel is good news for every situation and circumstance that we face in this world. That the darkness, the death, the sin, the temptation that we face, our fleshly desires have been defeated on the cross. They've been defeated. Now Jesus sits on the throne as king above all things. And so trusting Jesus with our life is not only trusting him as savior, but trusting him as Lord. And so we are called to trust Jesus for life and trust Jesus with life. And it's this ongoing commitment and dedication that we need to make every day to place our trust in Jesus. Again, place our trust in Jesus. No matter the circumstance or situation that we face, to place our trust in Jesus. And so what does it kind of look like for us to trust in Jesus for our salvation? Well, I think the evidence of that is a heart that solely rests in the work of Jesus. Like trusting Jesus for life is a heart that just rests in the finished work of Christ on the cross. A heart that doesn't strive or think we need to work to earn our salvation or to keep our salvation. Like trusting in God for life looks to us like a heart that's just resting in Jesus, resting in what he's did, understanding that his grace is sufficient for us. And then a life that is trusting in Jesus with our life is a life that looks like no matter the situation and circumstance that we're facing, even if we don't understand what is going on, trusting that God is sovereign and that he's using it for our good and his glory. And that's what it looks like to trust God with our life. Like when those bills come in and we don't know how we're going to pay them, trusting Jesus with our life means surrendering to the fact that he's promised that he will provide for us. Or when we're called to live a certain way, do a certain thing, but the world is saying, no, that's silly. You need, to, you need to live like this. You need to go after your own hopes and your own future and your own dreams and your own truth. Trusting Jesus with our life is trusting that, no, the commandments of God are good for me and they lead alone to life. And so we, in obedience, follow him. And so trusting in Jesus is going to continually over and over again help us to know Jesus more and follow Jesus more faithfully. Now, if we're real for a second, like we all want to trust Jesus, right? Like I think most of us, we can say our hearts want to trust Jesus. Like we absolutely want to trust him for salvation. We absolutely want to trust him in this life that we live, but it's hard sometimes. Like, like, like some, if we're honest, it's hard sometimes to trust Jesus. Like when we're on the mountaintops, it's easy to go, yeah, I know God's got it. Like, I can, like look at all, look at the good that's in my life. I know God's got it. But in those moments of darkness, in the valleys, in those deep, dark nights of the soul, when we're in suffering and angst and agony, it's hard. Like it's, it can be really, really hard to trust Jesus. Like when, when there's someone in your life who's sick, it can be hard to trust Jesus. When there's a relationship that's broken, sometimes it can be hard to trust Jesus that he knows what's happening. In situations where they're just not turning out like you thought they would, it can be hard to trust Jesus. Like, like I said, when the, when the bills are coming in, the bank account just ain't adding up. You don't know how you're going to eat your next meal or how you're going to pay for the bill. It can be hard to trust Jesus. When it seems like your whole life is just falling apart and not going where you wanted it to go, it can be hard to trust Jesus. And I get it, I know. But this is the exact time that we need to trust Jesus and not let the lies of the enemy creep into our brain to say that God's not trustworthy. Like, look what he's doing. He's just letting you go through this pain and your suffering. They're the moments that we need to trust all the more that our God is faithful. 
and that his promises are true for us and his commandments lead to life and godliness. And so when these situations happen, yeah, like we can acknowledge that it is hard to trust Jesus. But trusting Jesus isn't a promise to an easy life. It's a promise to a different perspective of life. And Jeremiah gives us this in Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. So this idea of he trusts in the Lord, but also his trust is in the Lord for life. It says, He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when the heat comes, and its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of the drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Trust in God doesn't mean the heat won't come or the droughts won't be there. It means that we can sustain it through faithful trust in Jesus because he is with us and he will get us through. It doesn't mean we don't have to, it, doesn't, it means we don't have to fear. It means we don't have to be anxious in these times because our God sits above all things. Like he rules and reigns. And so like many of us, would you know that uh, Lauren and I, we, we struggled for a, to have a child a while ago and there was a tough time for us with health issues and everything else and uh, we had a choice to make during this season. Do we trust Jesus? Do we, do we cling to the promises of Jesus? Or do we drown in the anxiety and the doubt that we cannot control the situation? And we, with what felt like a tiny bit of faith, clung to the promises of Jesus in that time. And the promise of Jesus in that time was not that we would have a child. The promise of Jesus in that time that he was close to us, that he understood our pain, that he was with us in the suffering, and also that there is hope that when we pray to him, he hears us and he is able to do far more than we can even imagine. And so those are the promises that we clung to. Like as we read in Matthew 20, like he's with us always. Like he is, he is with us. And so I want to encourage us this morning, no matter what we're facing, no matter what situation is going on in your life, whether it's to do with your relationships, your work, your finances, health, whatever it is, you can trust Jesus, that he has got it. But it's easy for me to stand up here and just tell you to trust Jesus, right? It's easy to say, just trust Jesus. Like, he's got it. Trust Jesus. And so I actually want to give us some reasons why I think we can trust Jesus. Why I think we can place our hope in him and in him alone. Why I think we can and we should trust Jesus. And so the first reason I think we should trust Jesus is because he's unchanging. Like, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, God never changes. So it means that he's never going to go back on his word. If he promises to do something, it means that he's going to do it. Like I tell my wife, Lauren, all the time, hey, I'm going to clean the garage tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes, right? Tomorrow always comes for God. Like if he says he's going to do something, he will do it because he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his opinion about us. He doesn't change his thoughts towards us. And this is so fundamental that we understand because when God says that he loves us, he means that he loves us. When God says that we're forgiven, it means we are forgiven. Because God does not change. See, humans all the time, we, like, we, we enter relationships out of love and sometimes lust. And this idea that they're great, they're the, the best person ever. And when they see a few of the messy situations, they pull out, they, they run away. God is not like that. When God says to us that he loves us, it means that he loves us. That's why there is so much in this book about the steadfastness of the Lord, his steadfast love towards us. Why? Because he doesn't change. Like he cannot love us anymore. He cannot love us any less. And that is good news for us. 
Because when we're seeking to follow someone, we don't want to follow someone who's uh, swayed by their emotions or their opinion of others or the circumstances and situations going on. We want to follow someone who is unchanging no matter what's happening in the world. And so we can trust Jesus. We can trust God because he is unchanging. And the next reason I think we can trust God is because of his omnis. And what I mean by omnis is his omnipresent, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, which means he's just all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he is everywhere. Like, he's, he's everywhere, he's all-present. And so this is why we can trust Jesus, because nothing can come against his will. Like, nothing, no one can stand against him. And so when God says something is going to happen, when he promises that something will happen, it's going to happen. Because he sits about, like he is not bound by time and space, he doesn't make a promise, but because you're in a different city, he can't keep that promise. He's everywhere. Like our um, family Bible verse for, for the month that we're trying to memorize was Psalm 115.3. And it says this, I better know it, right? It says, our God is in the heavens and he does all that he pleases. Like God is in the heavens and he does whatever he wants. Why? Because he is all powerful, he's all knowing, he is all present. And that's somebody that we can trust. Because again, he isn't just willing to do things, he is able to do them. And so when God makes a promise to us, he's not just willing to keep that promise, but he is able to keep that promise because he's all powerful. Like if I, I promise my family, I'm going to take care of you, right? Like I'm willing to take care of them and I'll do my best to take care of them. But if there's a media coming towards Brisbane, like I'm willing, but I'm, like, I'm not able to stop that, right? God is. Like God is both willing and able to keep all that he promises, and so we can trust him because not only his heart's desire for us, but he is powerful beyond measure. And so nothing can come against him. Nothing can stop him. And the good news for us is his desire is to be faithful to us. And so he is both willing and able to do that. And so when he says he will provide for us, he is both willing and able to provide for us. And the example that he gives in Scripture when he talks about providing for us, his children, uh, the body of Christ, is not look at my bank account. It's look at the world. Like he says, look at the birds in the sky and the flowers. Am I not able to provide for them and clothe them? How much more will he care for us? Like God owns everything. God owns everything. And so we can trust him that he is both willing and able to keep his promises. And then the last thing, and I think is probably the most persuasive reason for us to trust Jesus is because of his proven track record, like his proven faithfulness towards us. Like this is kind of how we as humans trust, uh, figure out if someone's trustworthy, like have they kept their word in the past? Like have they said they're going to do something and then done it or have they fallen short? And as we open scripture on every single page, story after story after story, God is faithful to his promises. God is faithful to his people. Not once has he ever gone against his word. Not once has he ever taken back a promise. Not once has he ever faltered on anything that he has said. He is the only person who has been faithful 100% of the time. And Timothy says to us, if we are faithless, he still remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. And that is somebody that I'm willing to trust. Someone whose track record of faithfulness is 100% of the time. Like everything else in this world will let us down. Everything else that promises us life, promises us joy, promises us satisfaction will let us down. God will never let us down. If he promises something, he is faithful to that promise. 
And we can look a story after story in the Bible and see that that is true. He is faithful always. He always has been and he always will be faithful. Why? Because he doesn't change. And so we can trust in God. Church, we can trust Jesus with our entire lives because he is the faithful one. He is our faithful God. Every single moment, everything, every time and situation that we've been in, God is faithful to us. Sometimes it's harder to see than others, but God is always faithful. And the cool thing about this is one of the promises that he gives us, we see in Philippians 4.19, is God will meet your every need out of the riches and the glory that is found in Jesus Christ. So our faithful God promises to us that he will meet our every need from the glory that is in Jesus. Like what an amazing promise. So church, no matter the situation you're, you're facing today, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, suffering or joy, whatever it is, Jesus is able and willing and will meet your every need. Whatever your need is in that moment, God is that and so much more. And so if you're anxious, God is your peace. If you're hurting this morning, God is your comforter. If you're lacking, God is your provider. If you're a sinner, great, God is your savior. If you're stumbling, God is your strength. If you feel messy, God is your righteousness. If you feel hopeless, God is your hope. If you're in trouble, God is your strength and your fortress. And if we find ourselves this morning in death, God is our life. God is the greatest evil being that we'll ever know. He is the faithful God of the universe. And he is exactly what we need in the moments where we need it the most and so much more. And so we can trust in him. And so what does it actually look like then to trust in Jesus? Like how, how, do, we, how do we actually do this? Well, when I was skydiving and I went to jump out of the plane, the only way that I knew or know that I could trust the random guy behind me or I could trust the parachute was to actually jump out of the plane. Like I could follow all the steps, I could sign the form, I could get to the plane, but the only way that I could actually trust this person or actually know that I could trust this person is to jump out of the plane. And this is kind of the crazy thing about trust. Like we're only ever going to grow in our trust when we trust. We're only ever going to grow in our trust of God when we trust God. And then we see that he is the only trustworthy one. And so this is the reason I want to encourage us all this morning to continue to trust God with, with bigger, with greater things. It's just placing our trust in Jesus and seeing that, yes, he is our provider. Like we're only going to trust that God is our provider when we trust him to provide. We're only going to trust that God is our comforter when we go to him in our angst and our pain and see that he is our comforter. We're only going to trust God that he is able and more powerful to do anything when we go to him in prayer and ask that he move. And so one of the greatest ways that we can grow in our trust is through our prayer, is bringing our anxieties, bringing our worries, bringing our struggles to God, laying them at his feet and going, okay, now I trust you with it. Because like, I can't carry this. And we all know we can't carry the things that we face in this world, but Jesus can and desires to do and he is able. And so we want to lay them at his feet. This is how we grow in our trust, by trusting by trusting Jesus. And so next time you're in a situation where you don't know how you're going to get yourself out, or you don't know if Jesus is close, trust him. Turn to him, pray to him, ask, God, reveal yourself to me. God, you promise that you'll provide. Can you provide? God, you promise that you're close to the brokenhearted. Can you reveal yourself to me in this moment? So that's how we continue to grow in our trust. And I think the most evident expression of trust in our life is rest. 
The most evident expression of trust in our life is rest, and the outcome of that trust is peace. The outcome of our trust in Jesus is peace. It's taking our worries, taking our anxieties, and laying them at Jesus' feet, and then going, great, now they're yours. And then just having peace. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We're told not to worry and told not to be anxious, and sometimes this is hard. But really, it's an invitation to trust. It's an invitation to say, whatever is making you worry, whatever is making you anxious in this moment, bring it to me. Bring it to me, because I am able to carry it. Do we trust Jesus to the point of peace? Like, like we're going to grow in our life trusting Jesus more and more and more, and the aim is to trust Jesus to the point of peace. Like there are people in here that are in leadership, there are teachers in the room, there are people with kids, and so there's all these situations where we have kind of people underneath us that we're delegating tasks to. And so when you delegate a task to somebody, do you still worry about that task? Well, it kind of depends who you're delegating it to, right? Like sometimes you delegate a task to somebody and then you'll call them the next day and go, hey, how's that task going? And they're like, oh, I haven't done it. You're like, yeah, that's why I'm calling you because I know you're not going to get it done. And you still worry about that. But sometimes you delegate a task to someone and you just have peace. You're like, oh, I know they're going to get it. Like that's me, right, Kyle? Yeah, that's me. Don't worry about it. Like that's me. Like sometimes you do this. Sometimes you delegate tasks and you just don't worry. Why? Because they've proven to be trustworthy. They've proven that every other time that you have given them a task, they have come through with it. What does it say about us when we go to God in prayer? We lay our problems at his feet and then still worry about them. And still get anxious about them. Like it reveals in us a lack of trust. A lack of trust that God is able to move in this situation of circumstance. Or a lack of trust that God actually hears our prayers and desires to do anything at all. And so as a church, we need to come to Jesus. Like that, our aim is to come to Jesus, lay our worries, lay our anxieties at, our, at his feet, and then trust and rest and have peace that he is going to do what he says he's going to do. And so church, I just want to encourage us. Look, we need to examine our lives like, what areas of our lives are we not trusting Jesus with? Like, where is those areas of life where we either don't believe his promises, don't believe he's going to be faithful to the promises, or don't believe that the commandments are good and lead to life? Well, maybe you're here this morning and you actually don't trust Jesus for life yet at all. I want to invite you into that trust. Because he is the only one who is able. He is the only one who has proven faithful time and time and time again. Everything else this world offers you will let you down. Everything. And as I invite the band up, I just want to, I want to invite us again, like let's examine our hearts. Let's pray to God. God, would you help me trust you more? Would you help me in my doubt? Would you help me when those relationships are broken? I don't see how they're going to be mended. Can you help me when we're in this moment of suffering? I don't see how you're using this for good. Can you help me trust you? Can you help me when there's these, these moments of angst because there's bills and the finances just don't add up? Can you help me, Lord, when the situation is just so out of control? 
And so there are these moments that I'm inviting us, let's, let's trust the Lord and let's let go of the wheel of control for a moment, knowing that it's only a facade anyway. And trust that Jesus is in control. And then one, I want to finish, one of my favorite Bible verses is Psalm 4610. It says, it says, be still and know that I'm God. Like, be still and know that I'm God. Like, be still. Like, isn't that something that our world needs right now? Just stillness of heart, stillness of mind, stillness of thought, stillness of worry. For we can only be still when we know that God is God. When we know that He's God at all. Like, He runs the world. And He is faithful to His promises towards us. Like, every husband in this room knows, or probably every man as well, um, when you tell someone to relax, it probably doesn't help them relax, right? Like, just relax. Like, this is a divine, just relax. I've got it. But it's from the creator of the universe, and so he actually has it. Like, he actually has it. We can just relax. No matter what is going on around us, no matter the waters are raging, we find ourselves in the storm of life, we can be still knowing that he is God, and he's got it. Like, he's got it. And so whatever situation you find yourself in this morning, and, and there are a lot of situations in this church where we need to lean into the trust of Jesus. And that's a kind of idea of Proverbs, like lean not on your understanding, like, but lean into Jesus. Like with all we are, let's just surrender to Jesus and trust that he has it. And so I just want to end with a few promises from God that I think we can trust in. And so some of these might be for you this morning that you need to believe these promises. And the cool thing about a God who is willing and able, a God who is constantly faithful, and a God who never changes, is that his promises that we need to trust in really just become truths that we need to believe in. Because he, all the promises are yes and amen in Jesus. And he is faithful to bring them all about. And so the promises that we're called to trust in are really just truths that we need to believe in. And so as I read this this morning, I'm not going to put the references up, but if you would love the references, come talk to me and I'll give them to you. But here are a few promises that we are called to believe in this morning. That he is with us always. That he will never leave us nor forsake us. That he is sovereign over all things. That he works all things together for good for those who love him. That in him we lack nothing. That he has a plan for our lives. That he will provide all that we need. That in him there are pleasures forevermore. That he cares for the brokenhearted. That he will make our path straight. That in him the peace will guard our hearts. That no weapon formed against us will prevail. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. That he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. That his grace is sufficient for us. That his power is made perfect in our weakness, that he will fight for us, that he will satisfy our weary souls, that he has overcome the world, that he has given us a, a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control, that he is our peace through Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Jesus will be saved, that he will give you the desires of your heart, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, that his mercies are new every day, that those who come to the Lord will have their strength renewed, that God will be your comfort, that the Lord is good to all his creation, that those in Christ are new creations, that there is forgiveness by the blood of Jesus, that God is the light of our path, that he will send his spirit to be with us, that we now have the right to be called children, that we are loved by God. That's just a handful of promises in the Bible for us. And so if one of those spoke to you this morning, I just want to encourage you, lean into that promise. Maybe it's that he is with you. Maybe that no force is going to come against you. Maybe it's that he will comfort you, that he will provide for you. 
whatever it is this morning, let's continue to grow in our trust in Jesus because of what Christ has done on the cross and because of who he is. That he is faithful. And the cost of his faithfulness towards us was the death of his son on the cross. Like that's how faithful God is. The cost of him being faithful is the death of Jesus on the cross for us, for our sin, for our forgiveness. So that's how we know we can trust our ever-present King who will lead us and guide us into freedom and satisfaction and peace and joy forever. And the good news for us is that all these promises are yes and amen in Jesus. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are a faithful King. I thank you that your promises are good that you are faithful to keep all your promises. I thank you that your commandments are good and lead to life. But would you help us this morning trust you more? Would you help our doubt and unbelief this morning? Would you help our confused minds be still, have peace, knowing that you and you alone are God? We just thank you that you are the same today, yesterday, and forever, that you're never changing that you are faithful, that you're all powerful, you're knowing that you are everywhere. And that our souls, our minds, we can trust in you and you alone. And I just thank you that your grace is sufficient in those moments that we lack trust. Your grace is sufficient in those moments where we doubt. Would you bring us back? Would you bring us back to trust in you? God, as we leave this morning, whatever situation we are facing, I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you ignite trust in our hearts that we would see these situations differently, that we would know that you are the sovereign one who sits on the throne and that you've got it. And I thank you that you have it and you alone. It's your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Center Church located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecenterchurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others, but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC.